Welcome to show 109, Real Liberalism Radio. Today's show is brought to you by Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is a free integrated health clinic in Eugene, Oregon. We accept donations. You can find us at occupy-medical.org. And Candace Hunter Creations. Candace Hunter Creations, herbal health and natural living coaching. Find more or learn more about it at CandaceHunter.com. And Hunter Creation, graphic design and website design resources, uh, where their motto is, yes, they can do that, or yes, we can do that. You can get them at HunterCreation.com. And our newest sponsor, Ace High Heat Graphics. If you're looking for custom imprinted t-shirts, starting off at as low as $5 a shirt for one color printed on the front or the back, give them a call or get to check out their uh, uh, website address acehighheatgraphics.com. Hey, did you know you can become the member of the Herbal Nurse Society? That's I, a simple thing to do. Yeah, I heard that rumor. It sounds great. It is. It is. In fact, you can stumble upon it in, if you're on our website just by choosing a really cool article that you want to read and go, oh my God, it's an Herbal Nurse Society article and I can't get access to it. But how could they get access to it, Sue? Well, if they click on that little link and it says the Herbal Nerd Society, then you just sign up and for only four ninety nine a month, then you are a member. And then you have access to uh, our back, the back stock that we have of all of those podcasts. There's our a lot. Herb of the month. The Herb, Herb of the month. month. Yeah, the Herb of the month stuff. And you have uh, just a plethora of information that is pretty easy to access and you will you'll be able to to enjoy the heck out of yourself. And you can count yourself amongst the few, the proud, the herbal nerds. Indeed, yes. And if you want to save any more money, go for a year. ends up being 17 cents a day. Yeah, yeah that's dirt pretty, cheap. Pretty good. Can't even park your car for that. Dandelion won't complain. Dandelion no. won't complain. There's uh, <laughs> four articles that you can look forward to seeing that are just for herbal nerd societies every month. We're deciding members every month. So that adds up pretty fast. It does. It definitely does. Yeah. So I want to announce today that we finally have an official Instagram account. Woohoo! We've been on Facebook for years, probably a decade at this point. Uh-huh. And we've been using the hashtag gallery, the practical herbalist, which is actually just, you know, a very public thing that we don't moderate. We have no control over it. Oh, is that how it works? So yeah. we actually have an account because we were just, yes. you were taking pictures. I was taking pictures. And put it, oh, yeah. yeah. So what this means sense. now is, is that we can generate content as the Practical Herbalists or Real Herbalism Radio mm-hmm. and put them on Instagram and people can follow and like us and do a little more um, interaction than we could before. Uh, so especially if we put something down, people are like, how'd you do that? What do you want to do? Or Well, and um, all those cool videos you've been posting lately. So you keep coming up with these really nifty short videos, mm-hmm. awesome tips and that sort of thing. YouTube. We just started Instagramming those. You okay. can do that too. So Woo-hoo. not only can you take it from your – see, this is this technology is so cool, right? It's so awesome. I mean, you have, this, you have this computer in your hand. You take a video of some – you know, homesteading thing developed in the 1800s or whatever it is. And then you take a video of it, then you upload it to a video site where billions of people can watch it. And then you upload it to another site that brings it to a, a place where millions of people can look at it. And then another place where millions of people can look at that at Facebook, all from not even leaving your backyard or doing anything. It's all just on your phone. And it's just a series of like maybe 10 clicks. All right. I mean, pretty fast. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. What a world we live in. Awesome. I know. And uh, so, all you Instagram folks, look for the Practical Herbalist. That's our actual name, the Practical Herbalist. Uh. 
Uh, by all means, continue to hashtag that thing too, is if you want yes. and make that a, a very, once we make that, uh, uh, hashtag that gets a lot of momentum, mm-hmm. it starts getting bumped up on, on yeah. all of the searches and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. kind of cool. All right. Next big thing is, um, Sue Candace will be at the American Herbalist Guild Symposium in Oregon. Yes. That's right. And we just found out today that they will be speaking Friday, October 6th at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So y'all want to be fresh, get out of bed, be ready, brush your teeth. Totally ready for that. Just yeah, drink your herbal tea. Be rocking 9 a.m. on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then please come and say, Howdy does. We'll be wearing our t-shirts. Yes, right. definitely. Printed by Ace High Heat Graphics, by the way. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Designed by Hunter Creation. <laughs> but, Hashtag. Yeah, we would we'd appreciate if you go to that symposium to say hello to us. Yes. Go out of your way to say hello to us. Please do not be shy. Please do. I will definitely be wearing my Practical Herbalist t-shirts the whole mm-hmm. time I'm there. So if you see me there and I don't recognize you or didn't say hi, come say hi to me. I'm because honestly, get, I want to say hi to everyone. I get a little airy sometimes. Yeah, I want to get a practical herbalist facial tattoo. That'd so be really cool. Right on your forehead. Worry. Yes. That would be that perfect. Would be perfect. That'd be perfect. That way, when you want to look like really formal, you can wear your hair down right. over it to yeah. cover up. Cover it up. But yeah. then you can get a bandana and put it up if you can see. Look at this. And that's weird. <laughs> we're joking about that. No, Sue isn't going to get a tattoo. As much as I've goaded her, she will not. Or on my eyelids. <laughs> and then I do, like, as yeah. I'm blinking, practical, and then blink, herbalist. herbalist. Yeah. Practical. Oh, that that's is so cool. Thing. I just invented that new thing. That's awesome. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Look, look for that trending on the Instagram account. Eyelid <laughs> <laughs> <Island> tattoos. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it just sounds horribly oh. painful. <laughs> makes everything hurt. Okay. All right. So this is show 109. This is an Herb Lab, and we talk about all of the neat stuff that we have reflected upon from Seven Songs interview that we had last week. So without further ado... Here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Jeez, I'm gone for a couple of weeks and you messed that up. Well, you know. <laughs> Who am I? You know, I had to give up the control seat. That was right. really awesome to be able to tell everyone That's that we true. were who we were. Right. There we go. That's pretty bizarre. Oh, it was really nice having Seven Song on. and I, He's a sweetie. And it was also was really me. great because... It was also really great because he had come to visit the surprise visit to Occupy Medical, as I mentioned on that site. And so I was able to really put, you know, it's not just me seeing a picture of him, but we actually see him interact and move around and and do his thing. He had just recorded the free herbalism project. And so he came popping by and he got to see what the our west coast version our free free clinic look like and an east coast version is really different and he did mention so. that like we talked about the herbs that he used which there were some there were some um ones that we used too but there's a lot that he had mentioned that's like what are you even using that for right you know but i think yeah. he's treating a lot more lyme disease well, and we are he's got a different location. I mean, gonna, he's yeah. going to be working with people who are facing different conditions, living conditions than we are. Yeah. He certainly doesn't live in a rainforest, which we kind of do. Mm-hmm. It's not a tropical one, but it's still a rainforest. Yeah. There's some so things that are different. common to 
human culture as far as conditions, but that a lot of it is, it really is regional. Yeah. Where you are has to do with your environment and the type of food people eat and how they eat it is, has to do with our culture. Even the lifestyle, just the lifestyle I know from Midwest to West coast is different. There's a different pace. Mm -hmm. And I would guess, and I know Pennsylvania to, to the West coast is a different pace of life. Detroit is a different pace of life. Yeah. So I'm guessing that the whole East coast is, radically different pace of life than the whole West Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone has their anxiety and just in different ways. And of course, he's treating a, a different uh, group of people than I'm treating. Yeah. So he did. He was saying that he doesn't really have um, uh, like walk, walk-ins that are unhoused. Yeah, he doesn't have the same level of homeless population. I mean, you get folks that, that are, treating, yeah. you get more than just the homeless. Right, and we're but, doing a lot of outreach to yeah, the but you, but you do an awful lot of focus on, on the homeless. And, right, yeah. Yeah, folks Which who are in really I dire straits. super interesting. Like, I guess part of the reason there's that change is not necessarily that they don't have homeless in Ithaca. They do. Certainly. And he did mention to me uh, later on, when this part wasn't recorded, that they do have some unhoused patients, but they're not focusing on the outreach. Whereas the Occupy Medical, you know, we started Tent City and that became a safe place for people that are used to living outside. Well, here's a place where I can go and not get beat up for sleeping rough, right. as it were, not having, you know, that. that's that's how Occupy turned into um, un homeless activism right? because people were drawn to that. And it was a huge eye opener for a lot of those activists. Yeah. So that's, we work very, very hard to make sure that people that are unhoused and unfortunately in this area we live in unhoused people have a hard time with access to not only clinics, but hospitals. And um, we've also, we've worked really hard to make sure that people that are unhoused uh, feel safe there. Yeah. So we do a lot of outreach that way and they just have a, they had a different beginning. Yeah. 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 Their foundation is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So their focus is different. There are a lot of different ways that herbalist herbal free clinics can pop up or can, can, can look right. Like tents. He's talking about doing the tents and activism or activism, free herbal care at gatherings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the rainbow gathering. The rainbow, yeah. Uh-huh. And, I mean, you guys started off, Occupy Medical started off as a tent. Yep. I mean, just a first aid tent. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, sometimes it's that way. I know a couple of other people that uh, they started a little free clinic because there was, like, a Hurricane Katrina, for example, yep. was a, yeah. you know, some people start things like that. They step out of their comfort zone because they got either angry enough or scared enough Yeah. to change to, to do something yeah yeah so there is a a good way of using some of those negative emotions well yeah that's honestly that's what those emotions are there to tell us mm-hmm. i mean the whole point of fear or anger isn't so that you run away mm-hmm. i mean for fear sometimes it is because it's the smartest choice right, but but it's yes. it's to call your attention to a situation that isn't right it requires that needs, change that requires change yeah. yeah and having the courage and the fortitude and the connections to be able to implement that change is very, very difficult. So it's, he had said also in the interview, well, he, he, he have, has heard several times Airbus say, well, we should start a clinic. We should, we should, we should. And then there was already people that were working together to get that started. Yeah. Yeah. Should is one of those nebulous words. You know, you can say it till the cows come home, but it doesn't really, 
Yeah. Mean it. it doesn't mean the gate's going to close. Right. <laughs> yeah. There are there are so many times people uh, come up to me in the uh, after, we've had the Occupy Medical Clinic going for a while, and they're like, you know, I've got a really great idea for your clinic, and they'll give me this list of things that would be great. They're they are wonderful ideas, and then they walk away, and I realize you're not going to do them, are you? Right. You think I'm going to do them because right. I have free time. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's adorable. I, yeah. I love that you have that idea. And I look forward to the day when that idea will be manifested in you working yeah. to make those great in. ideas happen. Yeah. yeah. Come pitch in. Yeah. And I know his, that's another thing, pitching in with, with uh, how do you help clinics like that? Yeah. What if you're interested in volunteering? If you're mm-hmm. interested in helping out a clinic that exists, right? What are the things that you, as a volunteer, should know going in, and what are the things that you should be looking for before you actually commit yourself to the volunteer work? Right. <laughs> uh, the different clinics have different outlets, and with Occupy Medical, we also feed people, and we have haircuts that we have available, and we've had. Other volunteers that are professionals that come in, like Dave, they say, uh, for instance, we have a guy who's a psychiatrist. And says, you know, if sure. you, I will set up this time uh, once a month or twice a month, and I will see people that that aren't able to be seen within the system because, unfortunately, in the area we live in, mental health services are very, very limited. Slim. Yeah, yeah, slim. Yep. So being able to have that opportunity of somebody coming in, we uh, feed people. We at our clinic, we feed about two hundred people every clinic. Mm -hmm. So having people go through the food handlers card uh, training certification and being willing to make peanut butter sandwiches. We had a gal come in with her two young children and say, I want help. And so what she did was get water bottles and then her kids doodled on stickers Mm -hmm. and the stickers all said, you are loved, you are valuable, et cetera. And and that was a really, a really important thing for folks. And it also was uh, something that young children could do without having client contact. Yeah. And they don't need to have a food handler's card for that. Right. Right. They're just putting (laughs) stickers on, on sealed bottles. Another thing that um, we have had is people come in with sewing kits. And if you're the clinic that you want to donate to, think about things that actual, the actual population needs, like for the unhoused sewing kits. Sewing kits, socks, socks, socks and shoes during as winter's coming on, especially. Yeah. We had kids, a homeschool kid that they got together with their group of homeschool people mm-hmm. and they made they made sewing kits with a needle and thread and sure. a button and, and safety pin and they were all individual made out of felt and super nice. cute. They're very, very, nice. very popular with the, yeah. the people that we serve. People brought in, you know, uh, granola bars. Sometimes it's a there's no those re- those clinics might be a little rough for people to really feel comfortable hanging out in as right. donors, but um some of them are they're a little more sanitized, as I like to call them. Yeah. You know, they've got a building with uh, with halls and, and all those fancy things, running yes. water. <laughs> um, that those are things that uh, people can set aside time in the clinic for folks to donate. You know, of course, every every one of these clinics needs money, and until yeah. we get single payer for all, you know, we're all going to have to be scraping together in order yeah. to get that happening. So I, I look forward to the day when we don't need free clinics. So as a potential client, what are the things, what are the red flags or things you should be looking for? Or what do you expect from a free clinic kind of experience? Well, it can really vary. The free or low-cost clinics, some of them are FQHC. They're federally qualified health centers. So there's certain things that they, um, from a site visit, like a, 
they get money through HRSA. I'm throwing initials all over the place. Sorry so about they, that. Get, they get money from government agencies. Correct. Yeah. And in order to do that, they, there's a certain list of things that they have to abide by and, and sure. certain paperwork that they have to have. Makes sense. Um, that's, it's long, a long, long, long and tedious. And some yeah. of it's kind of obvious. Yeah. You need to have your, um, uh, basic life saving support card, you know, obvious. But uh, right. for the government, you don't just have to have it, but you have to have it in a certain type of file. And, right. You know, all yeah, of these, it all has to be done. Exactly right. And it has right. to, yeah. the Xerox of it has to be uh, signed and, and dated from the, whatever the manager right. is. And, but I mean, as a client, oh gosh, you're not going to be, you're not going to know stuff. that. You're not no. going to care. You just no, see you're the walking F- in the door. What is like mm-hmm. from the moment you walk in the door or the moment you walk up to the bus or the moment you walk in the tent? What are some things that you should expect? What are some things that are hideously like if you find this, maybe run the other way? Right, right. Dead bodies. You see those are probably corpses, hazmat suits, (laughs) perhaps. This is not a good sign. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely not. Um, They should have, if they have a doctor, uh, then they should have their license on the wall. Okay. Definitely. That's a, that's a good thing. Um, sometimes they don't have doctors at this clinic. Sometimes right. it's nurse run or, and that or will limit the run. service. Yeah. Or herbalist run. Um, some, sometimes it's just a first aid or an urgent care clinic. Uh, don't expect that there's going to be an x-ray machine there. Don't right. expect that you're necessarily going to be able to do labs there. Some mm-hmm. like the FQHC clinics, they, um, have a place that the federal government has put them in. Like they, the hospitals need to connect with them. This is part right. of the the free care. So they, the I, I also I think one of the biggest things more than some of the like hygiene and stuff like that is look to see how you are treated. So when you first yes. walk in the door. That's I think key across not just for free clinics. Yeah. Even I mean I went to a clinic in our area. And it was mm-hmm. one that I was referred to by my primary care folks mm-hmm. and the primary care folks. I, I like those people. They're very respectful. They're wonderful. They're attentive. It's a great right. clinic, but they refer me to a place where I sat for almost an hour waiting just to get in the mm-hmm. doctor's room. Then the doctor came in, didn't even like, obviously had no idea why I was there. Hadn't looked at the chart. Told me I might have cancer after admitting to me that that the doctor hadn't even seen like the lab results and stuff. And I'm like, I don't have cancer. What's wrong with you? Uh-huh. You know, that's not what I'm here for. Are you crazy? And of right. course I don't. Right. But I mean, it just became a big thing. It was rather unpleasant. That would be a clinic I'll never go back to. Right. Exactly. And I'm happy to tell lots of people how horrible that clinic was and don't go there. Right. And <laughs> but, everybody has their off but, day as yeah. if you, if you work at a job at all, every, every human has their off day right. and that's to be expected. But I find that if I, I uh, have worked at these clinics for so long, I'll walk in the door and see how the intake or the front room yeah. or uh, front office, de- those fe- people are treated yes. and in turn treat others. I keep an eye on that yeah. because for patient-centered care, it needs to be all about what how you can help the patients. And sometimes you are, especially in free clinics, you're limited. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a shoestring operation and you are doing the very best with volunteers mm-hmm. most of the time. You've got volunteers and with resources. So yeah. this is the land of plenty and there's there may be a reason why whoever you're dealing with says, well, I think you should just go to an urgent care clinic. Right. You know, they're not turning you away because they don't like you. They're right. turning you away because you have something they don't have the physical resources to fix. Right. And the, the whole point is patient-centered care. You, they 
part of that is trying to figure out where they can send you so you can get the, the yeah. care that you deserve. Yeah. Hopefully if you're going to somewhere else, they are giving you a referral to a place or a right. doctor who is actually doctor or whatever professional you need who is patient care yeah. centered as well. Yeah. Look, when you go into the waiting rooms, it, I think a really good indicator on how what kind of care you're going to see is what kind of um, brochures and pamphlets and business cards, et cetera, do they have from other organizations? Because that tells yeah. you a lot. Are they really involved in the community or do they see themselves as the lonely cowboy out on the range? Because right. if they've got a whole bunch of different brochures and here's contact to other agencies, they understand that it is patient-centered care. The patient needs to have the information and they aren't there to solve every single problem, nor can they. Right. They are good at finding resources for folks. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a really important way to note. And if they, if they don't have resources there, ask. Yeah. You know, don't make assumptions. Maybe they're the board they had everything on broke or, you know, something. Right. There's some there's yeah. some reasons. Yeah. yeah. But if the person at the front desk says, Oh, well, we're, you know, we're an entity in and of ourselves and we just don't we don't feel right. good about it. And I've seen that with like other clinics that were and this is gonna make me sound biased, but this is the trend I've noticed, religiously based. Oh, like yeah. that that's the ones that I've seen that caused me some pause was because that was the primary uh, focus was they yeah. didn't approve of a whole bunch of other resources because it didn't fit their bill. Right. And I, and I found that the patients that came from that gave me some stories that made me uncomfortable. Sure. But not everybody's all about patient centered care. Right. Yeah. So that's true. I mean, you know, in that particular case, it was more important that it was the, the whole focus was on the religious part and the, and the healthcare came afterwards. Yeah. So if your focus is that, then that would be a great comfort zone for you. So strike that exactly. off the list. But for people that healthcare is the number one reason why you're there and you're, the other things are extraneous, then please look for that interconnection of the community. Yeah. And truly, I mean, that kind of comes back to you need to take responsibility for your own healthcare and your own self. Mm -hmm. And yep. your way of being in the world may be perfectly fine. Yeah. It's yeah, okay. Sure. Just find the, the right clinic for right. you. The and just right clinic. It's not other people's jobs to figure out how to suit the world for you. You, It's all up to you. Yeah. You are the patient. It's your body. You're in charge of it. Yeah. So you're the one who has to live with it. Exactly. So, And we all have to learn our lessons the hard way, which is why talking to other people, okay. will, when you say this would be a good place for me, um, doctor referring me there, what would you, what would you say I'm going to expect when I get there? Right. What do you know about this place? Or if you can't talk to the doctor, cause that can be difficult. Cause yeah. oftentimes their time is very, very limited. Yeah. Uh, or there's like a, what we call the gas fire, which means there's something that's a higher priority in the clinic that like, yeah. I, I want to help you right now, but I have a person that's bleeding. Yeah. So a lot I of times, to... you know, yeah. A lot of times I've had when I've had referrals, it's mm -hmm. they call me later. Right. You yeah, know, exactly. So. But yeah, and, and, and that's all part of community too, is understanding you're not always the number one priority. Right. Yep. Someday it will be all about us. Someday. Yeah. But until indeed. that day dawns. But I think the, um, integrating with other asking, asking if you're bringing a donation is what kind of donations are they looking for? Honor that. Don't give them broken stuff. Right. Don't assume yeah. that, well, you know, here's a dirty torn t-shirt. I'm sure because you're dealing with the unhoused, they'll just wash it and take care of it. No. They're on house. They don't have laundry machines. No, and they don't need something else to make them feel even worse about themselves. Exactly. And if you don't want to wear a broken, torn T-shirt, why would anybody else want right. to? Right. You know? uh, I just mean, give, just give a respectful. I mean, we've had yeah. people drop off dirty diapers before. 
Oh, just like come what? on! I don't know. I don't That's know. I'm nuts. hoping that was just a mistake. Um, expired prescription meds. We oh, cannot yeah. by law. That's those. yeah. That's that's there. There should be places in your community where those can be taken back. It's called prescription take back. And right. There's supposed to be day, specific the days. Yeah. Or, or the police will take that or some. Yeah. yeah like yeah, you it's said. the legal entities, and I they have to legally have yep. a space for that. I can't remember all the the stuff on yeah. it, but I know that if you look on your um, public service mm-hmm. websites for your city. Especially yeah. the ones start with the sheriff and, and those. Mm-hmm. They list. They have to list them. Where 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 you can drop that stuff off and when when sometimes it's always available and other mm-hmm. times it's specific days. But yep. yeah. Uh, another thing to keep in mind is uh, you can of course look at people's websites and uh, they'll have a whole bunch of information to folks. And if you see a whole bunch of different resources on there, it means one of two things. One is that they have volunteer staff to take care of that. Mm-hmm. And um, number two, that they they really do believe in integrating, yeah. and that is the that is the key to running a good free or low cost clinic is that integration yeah. in the community. Makes it, sense. Yeah. So well, great. There's tons stuff. of tips. It's exciting, folks. Go out there, find your free free clinics. Yep. Yeah. Support them, them. Find them and support them. Mm-hmm. Call them up. Say hey. If you don't know, start your own. Yep. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And now a word from our sponsor. The Practical Herbalist Press, that's in addition to our website and our podcast. That is right. Practical Herbalist Press is all about providing really good books and information by written by experienced herbalists. Us. Us, but others <laughs> eventually as yes, well. that's very true. And it's bite-sized information that we research the heck out of. We have medical information out there that we're really doing a lot of research on. We are, we have growing gardening with herbs. We got stuff for about pets, your yes. home, your family. Ethnobotany. Ethnobotany. Mm-hmm. We also put it in terms of the traditional ways we've talked about historic, herbs. Historic. Like yeah. Historic. Mm-hmm. Whether they're warm and cooling, that right. sort of thing. Mythical and very practical stuff. The Practical Herbalist Press is dedicated to providing the best herbal related books on the market. Look for our titles on Amazon, search for the Practical Herbalist Press, or visit our website at practicalherbalistpress.com. And we're back. Today's we have a question, a herbal one question, don't we? Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Sue, you Sue, have it. you get it. You have stole the herbal one. you covered it one. and you had covered it. Covered it yeah, up. I covered it. Okay, so you get to read it. <laughs> you I just want me to read it. it. You can read it if I don't you want to read it. Okay, I guess I will be reading read this great Herbal 101 question from Anthony B. And he asked, how do I start a free herbal clinic? What legal matters need to be considered? And is this something that I can go at alone? Didn't you already answer this? That is an <laughs> awesome <laughs> question. That well, how awesome do question. we start one? How do you start one? Yeah. Okay. I would personally say a free herbal clinic is going to be very challenging to start on your own. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, even just starting a not free one on your own is challenging. If you're independently wealthy, perhaps right. that will help. There you go. You know, that, that could help. Yeah. Anthony the Billionaire. Because there, be there's, there's a lot of resources. <laughs> I mean, just simple resources like elderberry. Just gathering elderberry takes mm-hmm. time and energy to gather mm-hmm. proper elderberry. Right. Getting you know? the donations together, getting a place together. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, if it's, if it is just one person, mm-hmm. uh, trying to start something, then I would suspect that doing it in a way like, um, Seven Song did, which is, 
pay attention to when you have healthcare providers together. He came to a meeting that they were talking about right. within existing the Health Ithaca Health Alliance, and he went to the meeting, and that's how he got started. But you know, the so there's the tent or the street, you know, where you street just medicine, the street medicine, where you have your your bag mm-hmm. and you go and you set up somewhere, yep, on the street in a park. And you do it for a, spe- a specific time. Like you're going to just, I'm going to be here for free for two hours. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the key, I think, when you do it that way is consistency. Exactly. If you're going to do it, you want to do it every Sunday afternoon from three to five right. or whatever specific time you right. choose. And you have to give yourself patience because it's going to take a while for people to learn to trust you. Yes. You know, if you're also a doctor and an herbalist, then um, there's or- a Huh? Or a nurse. Or a nurse, sure. Yeah. Then there's people that just do street medicine like that. They'll yeah. roam the roam the streets helping the unhoused. And that's really I think the the medically indigent that population, people that don't that's have access to health care yeah. for whatever reason. Maybe they have uh health insurance through the state, but they don't you know, they're eighty sixth from a building or or they just can't get access because they don't have transportation. But uh going in and helping uh volunteering services in places where people really need the help um, c- communities that are often struggling are undocumented communities and you want to go where the need is and unfortunately and this is something that seven song mentioned is herbal medicine is very expensive it's it not does. covered by insurance it doesn't have to be expensive but it is there's yeah. lots of great organizations like mountain rose and other places like that that do donate so you don't have to build everything from scratch but uh think about getting uh uh you get, make make sure you get some medical stuff under your belt like get your your yeah. certificates for you know basic life saving and things like that yeah i think that my initial thinking too is since there isn't really there isn't like a course or a webinar out there right now mm-hmm. i've got ideas but there isn't an actual course or webinar available. It's not like you can go to such and such school and get certified in mm-hmm. in free medical clinic and follow a, a prescription, if you will, of right. how to start one. I think your smartest thing is to start to network and start to find folks who are doing that, whether they're in you know your locale or mm-hmm. through the internet. I mean, you can look up Occupy Medical at occupymedical.org, sure. yeah. occupy-medical.org. Or, you know, Rose Hips has a a clinic, um, just how to put together street medicine. Yeah. That's, they have that service available. And then the Cleveland clinic has a lot of stuff available. Of course, uh, Seven Song, he's got a whole bunch of protocols out there. Yep. But getting yourself schooled, uh, finding education and, and helping getting out of, getting out of your comfort zone to help other people. Yeah. Um, if you, it, it sounds like this person with a free herbal clinic, uh, how do you do it? Well, one of the things you do is you just visit other clinics. Yeah. Visit other clinics and get an idea of what you do or don't want to do. Right. Um, and as far as legals, I mean, there's a lot of legal stuff. Yeah. Which actually, can vary from state to state and city to yes. city. Yeah. Um, there are some cities that don't allow you to, to feed the homeless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, All right. How much trouble do you want to get into and for what? Yeah. You know, if you want to get into trouble, if you're doing this as activism, decide what you want to get into trouble for. Yeah. Yeah. It's better to have your plan of what you're willing, what risks are you willing to take Mm -hmm. and how big of a risk are you willing to take? Because this is the, this is the frontier. Yeah. Serious activism. Yeah. So you're 
that's another thing at the uh, American Herbalist Guild. Then there, this is what the focus is, is herbal activism. Yeah. So that would be a, I, I think they're going to release some of the, the notes from that later on. So that might be a good resource. Yes. And actually folks who are interested, I believe there's a way to check in virtually. And I believe, I can't remember, so don't quote me, but okay. I, I think seven songs, one or both of his lectures or one or all of his lectures. The one lectures, on Monday for. Are, might be available through their online hmm. Thing. Okay. So you might want to check out the American Herbalist Guild dot com. Mm-hmm. There's a link up at the top for the um, 2017 symposium. Right. So take a look at that. See what their virtual classroom is going to look like. Yeah. And the feds, of course, they have their own stipulations. Do not diagnose and treat unless you are a doctor. There's a lot. Of, or there's you a will lot spend of, a lot of time in jail. Yeah. There's a lot <laughs> of language you have to be paying attention to. It is not okay to practice medicine without a license in nope. America. Nope. Other countries, I don't know, but in America, be careful. Be right. very careful about the language you use. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Your idea is to help, not to threaten or or kill anybody. Don't want to do that. Don't want to hurt anyone. Well, I mean, honestly, that's all about licensure. If you haven't paid mm-hmm. your, if you haven't paid for your license, you can't use the language. Right. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. You know. Very true. Yeah. So that's. It's the there's a that's a huge question, and it's something that oh, and uh, Guido Mare. Masse. Uh, Masse, sorry, has the mm-hmm. webinar of the GMP process, which if you've got uh, herbs that you're going to be bringing into, it'd be good to go through that and figure out what that is. And I know it can be kind of tim- intimidating. It is. It's really intimidating at first, but I think it's wise to listen to it and adopt as many practices as you reasonably can, given mm-hmm. your size, your space, your capacities, your right. resources. And isn't there some information that the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine has? That was actually, I I am taking a course from the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine. It's called The Art and Science of Herbal Medicine Making, and it includes Guido Masse's lecture series oh. on the, um, the GMP practices. And I can't remember exactly how long. It's like two or three hours worth of discussion and supporting documentation from him on GMP practices. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the practices that he's, he's developed or what he's learned in the process of working Mm -hmm. with um, urban moonshine and, and making them okay with the federal government. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Cause the writing SOPs is something I have done a lot and really, (laughs) it was a, it was a learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. SOP stands for Standard Operating Procedure. Yes. So that's something that you need to have your procedures written down. Yeah. So yeah, it's a big question. Thank you so much, Anthony B., for asking. And maybe this will spur us into some further our own webinar, webinar or further discussions for the Herbal Society. Indeed. Uh, yep. That sounds good. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.